Welcome to the Don't Die Podcast, sponsored by Aloe Treatment Centers. They're out in Malibu. They're in Silver Lake. It's a treatment center I started with some friends. We want you to get the right treatment, the right program for you, and stop dying. Stop dying, Chuck. Okay. But I, but I realized... We're not talking about your career, Chuck. We're talking about sobriety. <laughs> but I also, oh, I also realized oh, that our, our lead-in is like, well, that burned down. <laughs> well, I did. It just kind of got quiet. <laughs> you looked at me and you realized, like, oh, yeah. that's weird hearing about it. Well, it will rise again. We already got two houses, so we're up and running. Oh, good. Do you know they lost all their, their houses five, in their IOP center five with the fire? Six houses. All right, so introduce Ashley. Chuck, go. It's your, <laughs> co- it's your co-worker. Well, there I just knew him t- 25 years ago when things weren't, he wasn't working in a treatment well, center. Oh, Chuck, today we <laughs> when things were going good in my life. <laughs> okay, yeah, there's already been shots fired, but yeah. that guy that's making fun of me is uh, a guy I work with, Ash Hamilton. He's a good guy, and... Uh, we can't talk believe about- he's in the OC. That's I frightening. Because I worked down what? there with Chuck. I know, but wasn't yeah. that a big decision? That's why I knew I hit bottom. We're going to go any lengths. I'm like Huntington Beach. So <laughs> no, worse than that is I'll, I'll go. So what'd you do this weekend? Well, I was in LA. Like that's like a singular place. Yeah. Where were you on Thursday? LA. What do you Listen, want me to say? Uh, so actually, you you grew up similar to me. Uh, so my son's 15. He's telling me to fuck off. He doesn't want to live with me anymore. He wants to move back in with his mom. And I lived at, at the top of Echo Park. And I took him up on the roof and I said, see out there past downtown? People like you and me don't go fucking out there we past don't. downtown. <laughs> <laughs> I don't go past La Brea, bro. <laughs> a Lion King moment? God dang. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, and it was all because he didn't want to go to summer school. You know, oh. that play when you're 15. Yeah, no, that's a good one. That's How come you guys one. get the good seats? Is what I want to know. This is like the beginning of a really bad intervention. Because otherwise, <laughs> bang, bang, I'm not sure. Otherwise, the guests, the otherwise the guests will never leave. <laughs> totally. yeah, I don't know. I mean, Amy was there, and she, you know, Amy. I love Amy. She's a good girl. She was interesting, and it was fun. And but if yeah. we didn't have an uncomfortable seat, that one would have gone all night. Forrest, Forrest sat there for hours. Oh, I did. I did. I thought he moved in. Yeah. So part of it is it takes so long to get here. This is Claremont, California. You mm. can't get here from L.A. at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. You guys had to drive at 6, and I appreciate it. You, can, you go to 57. That's just crazy. That was pretty crazy traffic. Well, but- you know what? It was really, it, I know people love to hear this, traffic stories. But That Saturday Night Live skit is not a joke. That is everyday life in LA. <laughs> Californians. I don't know which SNL skit you're talking about. Oh, well, man. they had a skit where he's like, take the Pico to the blah, blah. Uh, You never saw that Saturday Night uh, Live skit? Uh, no. You're going to have to watch the Californians, at least one thing on, you, on YouTube, because it's ridiculous, but it is true. I hear it all the time. Oh, it, how, how'd you get here? Well, what do you do today? I was on the 5 to the 57 to the 60, and, and oh, I got dude. off on... I went That's to LAX we and back today. That was a venture. But how do you get there without your GPS? I have no clue. I used to know streets, back streets, where I was going, left and right. Now I yeah, just have to look yeah. at my phone all the time. And if Waze is down, it's a bad day, you know? Well, Waze. So how long have you been in Huntington Beach? See, because uh, I can interview you. I was there. Yeah. This dude was like Martine Bob yeah. Jr. Oh, really? right here. Oh, yeah. How many treatments did you go to? 32. 32, motherfucker. Right. I don't mean to brag. Uh, all the parents are just yeah. like, they, their hearts just sank. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. But that was back when we weren't dying, Chuck. We were just going to a lot of rehabs. You know, it's funny, though, because he, he knows we've got a guy in our place that's on like number, almost 70. 
We do? I can't say his name. Wow. 70 treatment centers. Yeah. At a certain point, you would just get sober for not having to go to treatment anymore. I just think, you know what, when do you use? I mean, you've got to be sober more often than not if you've done that much treatment. Well, I, thought, I watched Ashley. The, the thing was, once you're in our circle of people, you can't fucking get out. You know what I mean? People yeah. come climbing in your window. Yeah. This is, this is in the 90s. Well, Scott, Victor. Yeah. Victor and I got, one of, Victor's right. I got Victor. one of Victor's friends with me scholarship right now. Yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah. And they stand that, a chance, though. But Martin was a champion, I, I always felt. I was pretty good. I started earlier than everyone else. I went in 88. See, the people that went in the 80s stayed sober. Like, yeah, they did. Like, And I didn't. I was the one of that generation that just kept using and meeting younger people to hang out with. Wait, when did you get sober? 96. Oh, 96, okay. But I, wow. you know, but I went, my first treatment in 88, and I was sober like nine months. That's when I met everybody. Yeah. And I knew it was possible. Yeah. I just didn't want it. Yeah. And you you were in that group for was like how the, many years? Like the so whatever meeting? Group. I'm still not out. <laughs> <laughs> it's just they're all dead. I'm the only one. <laughs> well, that's, that's one terrible. way to get new friends. Yeah, don't die. <laughs> there, was a, there was a Wednesday night meeting at the Hollywood YMCA. And I went there and it was just like, I couldn't deny that everyone in the room I respected, I thought was cool. I thought thought like I did. I thought thought music was the most important thing. They had every single thing that I had except but they had this desire to stop using and I yeah. didn't. That's a fucked place to be, Chuck. Yeah. But then you just meet younger people that don't have a desire to be sober either. Right. Yeah. No, nothing's <laughs> worse. With them. Nothing's worse than a 12-step meeting when you don't want to be clean. And I remember thinking like okay, we're going to go eat after this. And you probably were in this boat in the 90s. We're going to go eat after this. And then I know so-and-so goes out. The guy I want to buy dope from goes out. And so I don't know necessarily where he's going to go. So I got to like ditch out of canners before <laughs> yeah. the guy goes out for the night of partying. You know, because the meeting ends at 9.30. You go to canners. It takes like 20 minutes to get there. You get seated. It's 10 o'clock. The guy's going to leave his house at 10.30. I got to be cool, get the <laughs> fuck out of here, and get... And then a lot of our friends started realizing, yeah. don't let Bob take his car. So they picked me up. Then I'm trapped with them. Yeah. It was so fucked. Yeah. When you just, you know you're going to use that night. Doesn't matter how long the AA people stick around. I'll outlast them, Chuck. Yeah, well, I think that's in the book, isn't it? My gin will outlast his ramblings. Wasn't oh, that, really? Uh, isn't that where, where uh, Ebby comes over to see Bill? Oh, and yeah. And Bill's like, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Where's the line? I, I can, uh, I, this, this is going to last uh, longer yeah, than yeah, this my, shit. Yeah. The, yeah, that's right. That's right. I forget what the exact quote is, but something like that. Well, Wait, do you I remember the whatever meeting? Yeah. Yeah. I remember the whatever meeting. It's, it's, an LA, it's an LA thing, Chuck. It's Saturday, yeah. Wait, that's in Trust that's, me, that's I drive him all the time. But I got to, hey, I haven't seen you since the election. I bow down to you people. Which election Orange are we talking County about? Orange County just turned wow. blue. Wow. It's incredible. And he said it was going to happen. He said, enough of these motherfuckers. And he doesn't say negative things. Which motherfuckers is he talking Dana about? Dana Roybacher. Roybacher. <laughs> I don't, yeah. You don't well, follow. I'm not that into Orange County. Dude, it's, Orange County is not OC no, Republican I like, I like anymore. County. It's not Republican anymore. It yeah. just completely switched six seats. Well, I don't Our even, boy Moby helped that girl win that seat in Irvine. Really? He was out there playing at polling centers. How, well, that's how you make your music count, I guess. That was good work. Good work. I mean, I don't even think it's as much of a blue thing as it is shit ain't working. 
Right. You know, this if it's if this isn't working, let's throw this out and start over because you give people so many chances. When you give someone 30 years to get something right and they keep bank, bankrupting a county where there's more money than there is water, it doesn't make any sense. Does Ooh. anything ever really change, though? It's changed in the last 10 years. You got to admit that. It's gotten weird. <laughs> yeah, weird. Gotten it's weird. weirder. <laughs> you know, I did, I did see some coverage on uh, HW this morning, you know, because they had the... They were going to lay him out. And Guy, I was arrested for solicitation to kill the Right. Wow. Well done. That's awesome. That's I mean, not, not really. This is recorded. Thought, That's terrible. I thought, <laughs> I thought about that throughout the last couple of days. Like, fuck. Yeah, I should have said those But you said things. something like, yeah, you know, uh, you'd have my heartfelt... Uh, Sincere, yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like, oh, and, I and the rest of the awful. band would, would really appreciate it if you would just go kill this guy. And you just can't do that from a stage with a microphone. No, you can't. But so you what know, did the Secret Service come, come grab yeah, you? Yeah, for three months. No way, yeah. for three months. They, just, they were they, following they, us You're like, I finally have fans. Oh, wait, it's the Secret Service. <laughs> yeah. No, oh, you can you can spot them. They, sit, yeah. they don't try to hide. They sit right out in front of your house yeah. in a Lincoln Town car. Like a African American woman. Like this is really good coke. Oh wait. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we were doing it too. Oh, and then the people would call me and say, you know, you can come over, but I mean, make sure that those people aren't following you. I go, yeah. that's impossible. They're like, <laughs> yeah. they're real professionals, but they don't care about drugs. That's what I told Marty. They don't really care about drugs. <laughs> that's funny. They, they want me for something much bigger. God. <laughs> Well do, done. Do, do you remember when Martin was living with Fushanti? Yeah, that's oh, where I lived God, too. That, were, were you, you in up the house? there? I just to pick him up. I was too scared. I was sober at that time because oh like, I was already sober a couple of years at that point. So you've been to the house? Oh yeah, before yeah. it burned down. Or before after? Yeah, it burned no, down. before. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> after no, there wasn't much there. No, it got rebuilt. <laughs> oh, nice insurance. Chuck insurance. I don't know. Which yeah. you're not going to be able to do now. Apparently in Malibu, right? No. So where'd you grow up? Uh, Los Angeles. I know what part. <laughs> no, no, don't ask him anything more than that. Because because, because I'm, I'm is... going through this thing where a lot of my friends are raising their kids in Malibu, and they think they think uh, that they're kind of it's kind of isolate. It's yeah. def- different than like West LA or yeah. or Beverly Hills or something. And I know so many drug addicts who come from Malibu. Yeah, that I don't know why. We're naive enough to think, like, I think if I live here, my kids won't end up drug addicts. Yeah, of course. <laughs> they got drugs. They yeah. got drugs on Craigslist. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. When we were kids, we didn't have all that. We actually had to go do some work, you know, yeah. find the guy, go downtown, drive, you know. We were out doing things, not just isolated on a phone. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> it is different. It is different. But just because you have bears doesn't mean, I mean, there's no, there's no guarantee. And the idea that, that there's any safe place. I mean, most of the places that we get clients from that are from the Midwest and places on the East Coast, you wouldn't think would have the problem. Yeah. I mean, well, especially with prescriptions now, right? I mean, it's. Well, that's what got it started, but now it's all. They know the game, these kids. They know know. it. They know it. There's something. I don't know what it was. So, So I thought like a junkie. So say what a junkie thinks like a teenager. That when you think about the definition of junkie manipulative thinking, it's just teenage thinking, mm. right? Okay. So that fits. so if these, I didn't really use hard drugs till I was like nineteen. These kids are using hard drugs when they're like thirteen. So they're just stuck in that. At least I knew. Oh God, I'm being selfish. You yeah. know what I mean? That's the problem I've had in relating to millennial drug addicts is. They don't really think what they're doing is n- n- bad or negative. So wait, how long have you worked in recovery now? 
22 years. So what would you say the difference is with people that you work with then compared to now? Gratitude. Really? There's, there's, when you've suffered, just to be detoxed, you're grateful. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Even if it has to happen a hundred times like yeah, with you. Sure. You're just, you're yeah. grateful every time. Like, holy fuck, I'm through it. I can go to the bathroom when I want to now, not when I have to. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's no gratitude. Well, there's also, it was also like harder to get in. There's only a couple places. Like it was Exodus, Exodus. which was the, that was like the biggest luxury one. And then there was Impact and Cry Help. That's well, it. Yeah, I keep yeah. telling them there was only three treatment centers. I'm well, sure yeah. there were other ones, but oh, those yeah. are the other only ones I went to. Yeah, and when you make a decision, when you, when you have that, that whatever, the moment of clarity, and you go, this is it, man. I can't do this anymore, but I don't want to go through that without being in a place and you can't get in like it was that used to be the rock center i would call and they'd say yes. call back tomorrow morning and i go but but i don't want it you don't understand i don't want to do this again today and they go honey everybody doesn't want to do it again call back tomorrow so you call back the next day and if you miss a day then you're off the wait list uh, and it well, was, claire had a thing where they just opened the door at eight o'clock and you went and sat claire, in these yeah. chairs and then as people left detox to go to residential they had beds open up and usually the most in a day would be four and there'd be 20 people waiting. And then they'd just close it up and say, okay, come back tomorrow. You'd sit there all fucking day. Hmm. Luckily, there was a liquor store just half a block away. Good deal. It was great. I hope so. And Frenchie on speed dial. Wait, there was no speed dial. I kind of missed. I kinda, <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Did you buy from Frenchie? No. Oh, you missed the Frenchie. Uh -uh. He yeah. was so I hear bright. good things about Frenchie. He is the greatest. Never met him, but I like time. him already. Yeah. He, put, he put that that uh, trampoline together. He's a carpenter now. No, no, no. Take a look. There's rocks holding up the <laughs> side of it. I did that. <laughs> Different kind of rocks, hopefully, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> Actual stone rocks. No, there was a, there was a Maria. That's what everybody was. Oh yeah, about. Maria. Yeah, that was remember? my buddy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Maria. Too, man. So I'll tell you a funny story about Maria. So <laughs> Maria. Um, and Scott, an old friend of ours, yeah. you can kind of talk about now. So I'm at a meeting. This is like 97, probably, 98. Sitting in a tropical. In through the back door by the bathroom sits Maria, my old drug dealer, right? She's kind of a sociopath, but I love her. She sits down. I go, I'm, I see. I go, oh, my God. I walk over to her. I sit on the step with her and I put my arm around her, right? Like, welcome, right? Mm-hmm. And then our buddy makes eye contact, and oh, then I no. see them go outside. Oh, no. I know those, are those two are always That's together. That's some badass drug dealing. You'll walk into an AA meeting and deal yeah. drugs. That's shooting fish That's in a barrel. That's stone cold. That is, that is heartless. But I was, right, I, was, sociopath. I was, I put my arm around her, and I know she was yeah. confused, like, what the hell's going on here? Yeah. And then, you know, and then outside they went. Did she ever try to get sober or anything? I don't think so. Her boyfriend got sober, Brian. Remember that guy? No. Uh -oh. He said the greatest thing one time. When the riots were happening, um, the first day... 92? Yeah. In the first day, Maria and this guy, Brian, robbed the pharmacy of the uh. Thrifties, which is now Rite Aid, on the corner of Vermont and 3rd. So they got all this shit just those little plastic carriers that yeah. you shop with. <laughs> the hand they carts, just went yeah. in there and they had like awesome. three of them filled with all this shit. And then they got a PDR and they're going through it trying to figure out what this shit is. 
Then my friend Matt Dyke came in and said, I'll buy it all. That's great. <laughs> Sight unseen. No, I'll, I'll give buy you the, it all. That's great. Tencent ice cream and all the Oxycontin you can have. I mean, what else is there? Tencent so, ice cream. You are old. I, I, I know. <laughs> so that was, that. those couple days were some of the most joyous days I've ever had in my life. It was a small we're victory, We're discovering huh? what drug. We're taking like three. Yeah. We're reading about oh, it. Yeah. We're figuring out what it does. Matt got paralyzed from the waist down for about four <laughs> hours. He literally couldn't move. And, right. But he was breathing fine. I, so, I, I had a friend who who waited, went up I, right right aid whatever and went to the bathroom, hid hid up in the oh yeah, bank, wait till up, the night till they came <laughs> came down, got all the stuff, got away with all the drugs. But he decided to do it. He had a jeep, open jeep, you know. Decided to do some of his jeep, and he passed out. The cops got him with all the drugs <laughs> in his car. He could just wait to get high until he got home. I'm like, oh, oh you got to get that stuff home. That's the thing. I remember with Scott, we'd always like go downtown and cop and then he he i was like we don't have a pipe to smoke crack he'd be like this is how we do it i go how when the cars used to have the lighters and so you put it on the lighter like that and you go oh and smoke goes up. you get high as fuck <laughs> off that I couldn't believe it. but he would start doing it like and then when we did have pipes he'd be doing it to like a party a family of four next to us i go that's just why you're arrested all the time yeah. man like i got <laughs> my shit here i don't want to go to jail yeah you know, it's like, crazy down here so, where no one will find it so, exactly. get this. so those two days of joy it's like me pete Matt, Maria, and Brian, her boyfriend. Just joy. Just just the joy of drugs in abundance and no worries. So the riot, then the National Guard comes on, right? And about day five of the National Guard, I, everybody's scrambling for dope because there's no dope to be dealt. Wow. And I see Brian at Scott Morrow's house, if you knew that guy. Mm-hmm. And, and I go, what's going on, Brian? He goes, he's not the brightest guy. He goes... You know the, the you know those first two days of the riot. I thought it was awesome, but now I think it just sucks. Because <laughs> we're all dope sick. Yeah, terrible. And we can't sell anything. The first two days. Though. All the pawn shops are closed. Oh. All the record stores are closed. God. You can't get any money. You can't. There's no dope. You got to go to the valley. You don't know anybody. Oh, oh. I remember watching but that, that was, thing from Africa was, the, during the riots. I was watching all that. You were in Africa. I was. Uh, you I missed was. it. In a was rehab? It South no, Africa? no, I was doing a movie out there when I was a kid. Oh, really? But but what's crazy too is like then after that, then we had the earthquake. Remember the earthquake? I was in no, I was in Richmond, Virginia, watching oh, it on man. television. In rehab? Oh yeah. Well, I was on soon to be, oh, but yeah. at a gal's house. I was at a gal's house who was going to save me. That should have. Oh yeah, is it my girlfriend's? They don't talk about that. Um, <laughs> Yeah, but she We're all saving each other all totally. the time. She's no, totally. she's here to see if you're a keeper or not. <laughs> I told her I, I told Kobe, the I, go, I go, you know what, you really want to see what he's about, give him a microphone, and let him go. <laughs> and she said, all right. But that but this the the way that we talk about using is not the way these millennials talk about using. It's no fun. There's no camaraderie. There's no they they don't have any good old stories to tell. Well, they're that's just not doing it right. They're, that's a difference between... Well, I think we used for a different reason. I think my generation used to experience and push the envelope and fucking just go experience mm. life. And that, you know who I'm talking about. Yeah. You've used with a lot of them. Yeah. These kids are trying to dull the pain of existence. Yeah. Now... The way that we went, at the end, you're going to be out there on the end with nothing and things are going to be fucked and you'll be strung out just like Keith Richards or anybody else. But the whole experience of it was rich, Mm -hmm. deep, meaningful. 
there's nothing rich, deep, meaningful about becoming a prescription drug addict when you're 15 and never having a place to live and never accomplishing anything and never achieving anything and then just going to rehab after rehab. Yeah, I do see that. You know what I mean? There's a hopelessness to it. And so what I think sobriety is for them is they need to go not live morally and ethically and all this bullshit. Go fucking live how we lived without drugs. Like fall in love and get your heart broken and want to kill yourself and all the things that we talk about that are in that whole system of drugs and using. I think also social media though has affected people so much too to just be so isolated and not live life you know yeah, we actually not don't go live. out we right. live it through screens but, real- but imagine if you're if you've never experienced the joy of having your own apartment i remember when i got my own apartment I, it was like 19 or 18 and i was like this is my fucking apartment mm-hmm. they've never experienced that and so they're gonna come from always being in this kind of depressing I, I was state. like Bob too. I can't believe this is my girlfriend's apartment. <laughs> <laughs> no. You'll get I your had, own place. Had, my, my dad had died and left me some money. So nice. I, I had my own place for about two years. Yeah. And then it was onward and upward. But Maybe there should be a uh, service that takes like young junkies out on the road or something. Yeah. You know? Something to, <laughs> you know, like a whole car full of them. Man. And Just uh, like, experience. Let's go. Fresh start adventures. Come on. You think you want to have some fun? Let's go. Everybody let's loves. Every, no phones. You know who's you know, the, no phones Let me tell you a story about on the road. So, so Scott. Scott <laughs> wrote a song about it. Scott, <laughs> Scott, who you knew very well, yeah. was no one really understands what Scott Weiland was like. To me, mm. he was like. Like my stupid little brother, yep. who I loved dearly. He always said the wrong thing. He always wanted <laughs> to do the wrong thing, you know, but in a lovable yeah. way. Where you know, Most of the time, I just wanted to hug him and say, dude, just shut up. He was so funny, though. Yeah, too. He's like, he was so like, sweet and funny at the wrong times. But like, <laughs> you know. And you never hear <laughs> about that because his image was like, more of like what Perry Farrell is or well, something. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And it's not, he was just this sweet, dumb little kid. So, so, and I He was a jock him. too. That's so funny. He was I, a full-blown jock. But naive was yeah, what I'm saying yeah. to Hollywood. I grew up yeah. there. I, I wasn't naive to it. He didn't really understand people and he really looked up to like Fashante and Flea and, and me to a certain extent. And, and so... So he would come to me with ideas, and he he said, I want to get off Suboxone. And I said, okay, well, you know, rehab's not going to do it. I I don't really like sending my friends to rehab. If you're going to do it, we're going to do it, like brothers. So I said, listen, I have this place in Joshua Tree. Let me talk to Andrew, and we'll go out there, and we'll sit on you, and it'll take a week, but you'll be all right. And you can drink vodka, and I'll bring some benzos. And he's like, you do that for me? And I was like, fuck yeah, come on, let's go. Where are you? And he goes, I'll call you back. (laughs) So so, so then he calls me back. He goes, well, I was thinking more of like, let's take a road trip. And I go, no, Scott, this is deal or no deal type thing. You're going to come to my house. You're not even going to know where it is. You're not going to have access to leave. And we're going to just detox you and it'll be fun. And we'll, it'll be spiritual experience. That's what I told him. Yeah. Because, you know, I always, I've done it with like six or eight people or maybe more. 
I always do. Do you still, your friends still have a place in Joshua Tree? Because we just got back from there. So if I relapse again, I know who to call. <laughs> we love Joshua no, Tree. I'll don't take that to. deal. Yeah, it won't be yeah. deal or no deal with me. It'll be deal. <laughs> okay. See, I don't think he'd ever been to Joshua Tree. Oh, yeah. So then he comes up with this thing. Why don't I rent a tour bus? And we'll go on the bus and we'll drive to New Orleans and we'll write songs on the way down there and then we'll record them in New Orleans. I said, number one is you're going to be sick and, yeah. and or drunk and violent. Yeah. So... So there's going to be no songwriting. Yeah, for and sure. He's like, I'm going to be sick, w- drunk, and violent. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, I believe in alcohol. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Because no, what you do is day three, yeah. you just drink a half half a fifth of vodka and take a couple benzos. And yeah. you, you, that gives you, now you're uh, now 24 hours is just going to disappear. For out sure, of your for life. sure. You wake up, it's day 12. <laughs> Great. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but... <clears throat> And so then it, you know, it just devolved and then he wanted to go to detox and he wanted to detox at his house. So then he comes to my office. I worked at MAP. He comes in. Oh, that's right. And, um, and he was in the trouble from the second DUI where he was in the parking lot of the studio. I don't know if you heard oh, about that. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. I was trying to yeah. get him out of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I said, listen, rule number one, don't drive. Because he had driven there and he was wasted. And I was like... This is what gets you into I know, trouble. Driving, <laughs> worst decision making. I know <laughs> you can't drive when you're on bail for your second <laughs> felony. You can't use and drive. I know this is hard for a lot of people. I, I wish it's, it's, it's not his fault. It's Uber's fault. <laughs> Uber had not been invented. I know. I, know. <laughs> <laughs> I think Uber and Lyft are saving a lot of lives. Yeah, they really are. You you know, see the, they get rapey and stuff, but other than that, they're really good. That's a, that's exaggeration. <laughs> like here's the thing do you know well how many taxi drivers do that you never hear about that well it's we expect it from a taxi everything i believe in conspiracies on one level everything that is on the surface is a lie and yes, bullshit correct. well i wouldn't be surprised right? if those stories so are out there to cut into their business because yeah, they're cutting into taxi business it's to cut their stock value right Right, so you get a couple of those stories out. Stock goes yeah. down. You short sell it. I mean, this whole society is so corrupt it's and terrible. And that, I believe you that. know, the one thing about the the bigger conspiracies that we were talking about before on there, I just know people are so gossipy and they can't keep a secret. Like the old guard, the great generation that of which George H. W. Bush just died today. That old guard could see, keep a fucking secret. Somebody killed Kennedy, and still oh, nobody sure. has fucking told. That's crazy, <laughs> right? But yeah. if, that, same with, if that shit happened today, we'd know about it on TMZ by Friday. It's the same with nine eleven, though, too. Same shit. That was an old inside job. All oh, of it. No. I'm sure they knew. Look guys. They knew what was going on. <laughs> they allowed those planes yes. to come in and crash yeah. those buildings. And there's, there's always something behind that's going on, you know. I haven't looked into that enough, but I, all but, you have to do is listen to Mike. What is Keith in Blow and Mind? The Blow Mind. The show, Blow Mind podcast. Blow but mind she's podcast. seen how the buildings, how the buildings dropped. They don't, they don't drop down like that. But how does that There's all explosions figure, in it? How does that all figure in with the Uber cars being? The, <laughs> That's how they got away. Because it's the same thing. <laughs> no, but you know what? But but I noticed about. First, we got to get back. We need to get back to where he yes. was with, with Scott and the court thing. But the, that goes back to watching the way George Bush handled himself. If you didn't like him or you thought he was a war criminal or whatever, you got to hate. Everybody's got to hate somebody for some reason. But the man handled himself with a decorum that I haven't seen. It's it's when he when he talked. It's jaw dropping. He, he was today re, he to was think. respectful uh, of 
Dude, he handled himself like he, a champ. Way, not as good as Reagan. He was nothing after Reagan. Okay, was like, listen to this, though. Charisma. Kennedy, Kennedy honors were this week. Mm-hmm. It was Cher, Philip Glass, my all, one of my all-time favorite musicians, right? Um, it's the second year in a row that Trump has gone. Every president has always gone. Regardless of whether Bob Dylan is going to say something nasty about Ronald Reagan, you go, because that's what America is. You can you have the right of free speech. If Bob Dylan wants, to, if while Trump and his wife are sitting up in the balcony, if Cher wants to blast him for two minutes, and that's the way America works. And Trump is a coward. That's that's getting exposed more and more. He won't go anywhere where somebody might criticize him or say something negative about him. The G20 stuff was interesting. It's crazy. That inflatable baby, that hurts my feelings. It's that cocaine, <laughs> man. That cocaine that he's snorting is making him all paranoid. But but it was weird. Like, the, you know, it's strange that I wish that it were cocaine, Mike Mark. I wish we could blame it. I wish we could blame it on drugs, but I don't think he's a drug addled person. Come I just on, think what's, he's that, a, he's what's a all freak. that sniffing about? I, I'm not up to speed. I, I it was Trump snorting coke. With he's just sniffing all the time. Every time he speaks, he doesn't publicly. like cocaine. He just likes the way it smells. <laughs> no, does nobody notice that or what? He sniffs like sniffs. I don't. Why? This is how stories start. I don't watch it. But anyways, I just think it's a shame. We're falling apart as a society. Mm-hmm. That, that, that the greatest artists in the world are honored once a year by our nation as being the highest respected artists in, of their generation. And the guy's so petty, he can't even go there and shake hands with him. You know what I mean? It's weird. Yeah. And it's, and it's embarrassing. I've just stopped spending time caring about these people because you don't get to that level because you're a nice human being. And none of them care about me or you. I mean, we say, okay, left. I don't like party A. Screw them. I'm going to party B. Oh, I don't like party B. I'm going to party back to party A. That's not really a choice of much freedom. Like, it's the same lobbyists are in party A oh, and party B. Oh, like, capitalism about, you're talking gotten, about politics. Yeah. I'm just talking about once a year, we honor artistry in America. You know, America has has always made me think that we're backwards in what we think of artistry. So if if you, I don't know if you were 18, 17, 18, I told my parents, I told actually my high school guidance counselor, I was a little behind in school, Chuck didn't look like I was going to graduate maybe, and Mr. Rambus was the high school guidance counselor. By the way, Kurt Rambus from the L.A. Lakers is dad. Oh, the glasses guy. So Mr. Rambus goes... Robert, I'm, I'm very concerned because the stuff what we came up with last semester you haven't fulfilled. And I was like, well, don't worry about it, Mr. Rambus. Everything's going to be okay. <laughs> and he goes, he goes, well, I don't, I don't, I don't see a, 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 a direction where you, you can have a pathway to graduating. And I said, don't worry about it, Mr. Rambus. I'm going to be in show business. It's all going to be okay. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm going to be in show That's business. That's funny. Right? So... So when a, when a child or a young adult tells their parents they're going to be an artist, whether it's a painter or a poet or a, or a musician or a filmmaker or an actor or an actress, their parents are aghast. They're like, mm-hmm. no, 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 no. This, this is the only country that that happens in. It's honorable to be an artist in Japan, to be an artist in Holland like Martin's dad, to be an artist in France. If you're an artist... It's a respected thing. In America, it's, it's a negative thing. So at least once in a while, we think about art, the arts in America, and it's this yeah. Kennedy Honors. And the motherfucker can't even go. 
Are you shocked? Are you shocked that he... I, mean, I it, thought he liked celebrities. No, I thought no. he would want to meet Cher. <laughs> well, celebrity's not an artist. An ar- <laughs> celebrities and artists are different things. I think they threw Cher in there to get him enticed to maybe come. Uh, I'm not. I, there's nothing he does that's shocking to me anymore. I mean, really, the first year I learned everything I needed to learn about him. So what do you think? Do you, so understand this. The death rate's going down. This year, is good, it's going to be 2018. We we succeeded. We can claim. We can do a Trump thing. Uh, we can say, "Don't victory? die." Change the death rate in America. Yay. A podcast did it all right, but it is going to go down. And part of it is this clampdown on doctors and this stopping of the prescription opiate supply. Also, awareness, right? Mm-hmm. But Milwaukee. Uh, I just talked to those guys yesterday. They're going to be a hundred less deaths in in their county, Wazoo County or whatever, Milwaukee, than last year. They live in Wazoo County and you don't, don't make fun I, of that? I don't know what county. Oh, you don't know? <laughs> I, think, made I don't know name. what the county of Milwaukee is. What do you is. think they're going to go after next? Benzos? Benzos? Your mom takes Benzos. Everybody <laughs> yeah. takes Benzos. <laughs> well, yeah. not your mom. My mother-in-law. My mother-in-law. Everybody does. Yeah. My mom took him for 30 years. She was fine. Those mess me up more than shooting heroin, though. Well, you're I not mean, supposed to take eight or ten of them, Ashley. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even one. You mix one with heroin, it slides out, man. It's terrible. Yeah. There might be a problem. And then you forget how many you should you take, and they keep taking them. It's terrible. I used, to, I used to take the Ambien, too. You forget everything, and then you wake up in the, in the morning, and your bottle of Ambien's gone. You're like, who fucking stole it? And you're the only one in the bedroom. Oh, wow. And you realize you took You're convinced all the, you lost them. <laughs> yeah. I t- no, I did. I was convinced somebody broke into my house. I'm going to do Ambien if I ever go back out. Yeah, I've heard terrible I hope you things do something about better it. than that. You haven't heard? You haven't taken it? I don't know. There used to be a pharmacy, Mike Mart knows this, on Beverly and Heliotrope, where you could buy benzos for a dollar a pill, right? Wow. Mar- Mar- yes. Mike? So so we we'd just go in there after like two days of smoking crack and we just like it was in like a bakery, a Mexican bakery, but they also <laughs> had strips of benzos in That's the back. Awesome. And I whatever you had, like I'll take twenty six. And then I would just <laughs> and I would just take ten right there in the bakery and eat like a Mexican That's so awesome. Yeah. And then somehow it just it just, it did and feel good. Next thing, you're blowing a donkey at a donkey <laughs> show. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Do you want to uh, talk we, about that? I always wonder if it's still there. If you want to go out. I just, just the ambient. Yeah, I'm just, I don't, I just, I hear horrible things about ambient. I don't, I don't believe any, anybody should take it ever. <laughs> what? Everybody Million, I know that. We, millions of Americans no, are on it. We've had people in treatment on it and they do this sleepwalking weird shit. It's terrible. I mean, if it's supposed to help you sleep, it helps you do a lot of weird shit while you're supposed to be sleeping, and that's about it. But that's what I do when I drink. That's what I do when I. But it, it, that's it, what you want to do. Yeah. But it affects the brain in a way where it mimics a benzo. So you really don't know what it's doing to your brain. It's not even a real benzo. It's you not? Know? No. It mimics a benzo. Why did you take? I'll take anything, bro. <laughs> fucking eat that, smoke that shoe right there. I don't care. Yeah. Like, some, oh, I think, I've had these good. shoes a long time. There might be some heroin <laughs> yeah, in here. Totally. I have a painting that this artist <laughs> did that's got heroin in it. Really? In my, yeah. I always, I always think like. Where's it at? Yeah, it's, totally. It's, Which it's, one is it? No, Mike. Blood. If Garrett come home, there's one painting gone. Nothing yeah. else stolen, you know. <laughs> what, what happened to that painting? It's his blood. It. It's Greg, Greg Arnold. He's a great artist. And it's his blood and heroin. You can see that it's like that 
that is it blood Mexican too powder. or is it yeah he put blood all over it his blood and and heroin all right he gave it I to like me. him I already. I didn't even have to pay for yeah. it. He gave it to me. He lost me at blood. <laughs> <laughs> you, know what? You, know, you don't know which is which? <laughs> no, I mean, that's fine. Yeah, it's not a desperate time right now. If it was. <laughs> you've been to, you've yeah. been to Dave Navarro's house. There's <laughs> yeah, a lot of blood yeah. over there in the paintings. Oh, yeah, tons. you got to mix the blood in and the heroin. You know, yeah. there was a thing in the late 80s, early 90s. There was a lot of sex, blood, dope, Oh, oh that, that thing, yeah, that thing was sex, squirt, blood, squirt, dope, your syringe, art. blood, yeah, hotels yeah, everywhere. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's our. Well, you know our old drug dealer, Maria. You went to her? Oh, yeah. I, I shared a rig with her. See, we do have that. She oh, registered, wow. dude, full of blood. We have that all this in common. <laughs> and yeah. herpes. We're all like Chuck blood. Chuck does it because he's from Orange County. Oh, yeah. we'll see. <laughs> nice, yeah. Yeah. There are worse things. We just haven't found them yet. Yeah, but is, totally. but is you there, remember her house. Her house was yeah. just like that little place yeah. over by Normandy. It was like yeah. a little, little table. Do you remember Brian? The, guy, the people do, you, you, do you remember her boyfriend, Brian? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's a good yeah, guy. But the people that you, we can't really say their names, but the people you'd see there was like, it needs to be a TV That'd show. Be, it needs to be like a Showtime, like... You should do it with puppets or something. Oh, I was 30 days sober down in Brazil, and wow. I walked into the hotel that we were all staying at, and uh, who strolls in is Maria. Maria. Wow. She I was, was like, oh, my else. God. She was, the, she was the queen of dope. Yeah. Right? Hmm. And there's been several. She's a good dope dealer. Do you know Khalil? How do I know that name? Khalil replaced me as the drug getter for the musicians. I know that name. I handed it off to him. Okay. I said, hey, kid. I'm checking out. I'm going to be sober. I'm going to become a counselor. But somebody's got to get these this dope for these yeah. rock stars. Yeah, I totally So go do and, it. And when they're ready to get clean, give them my business card. <laughs> <laughs> it, was no so, shit. it was so funny. Oh, my God. That's, That's a, funny. You know, and it was, but the reason why I like talking about these stories, there's a just a funness to it. And the kids nowadays is not a fun. So we have to figure out they're miss the reason why they don't have passion for life is because they're not running around going to concerts and meeting people and and having interesting conversations or falling in love and all this stuff that I did for from 1981 to 1995 they're not doing it they've never done any of that and i think we as the sober community need to allow them not dictate morality and steps and all this fucking god shit just let them be sober and have fun well you know that's that's a huge thing because they think a lot of people think that if they've seen it on on tv or if they've seen you know videos of something that they understand it and you know there's so much more to the Grand Canyon than seeing a picture of it or seeing uh, footage of a, of a show where things are going crazy in the pit. You get somebody in the pit for the first time and they fall in love the same way I did when I was a kid. Did you ever really slam in the pit? Yes. That just added to the whole junky fucking road trip business. Right. We maybe should We do junky about... fucking road trip and we call it junky fucking road trip. Junkie fucking or just junkie Junk, road trip? Nah, junkie fucking road trip. J- I like JFRT. <laughs> right? And you take them J-fart. out on the road, man. <laughs> I don't like JFart. And you it. film it and you make a reality show. Oh, there you go. Let's take so what, what's, the, what's the premise? What do we do with them? Well, we That's take it. them. Well, take no, them. I can tell you. We do all the things we did on the road in the band. 
Uh-oh. One, so <laughs> you know, most no, of that was looking for dope, no. Right? We went to fun places. <laughs> yeah. We went to Graceland. We went to Bob uh, to Jack Kerouac's grave and played music sitting on his grave, just like Bob Dylan mm. did in Rolling Thunder. We did wine. all that. Yeah, drinking wine, and, and well, they won't be drinking wine, but they'll <laughs> grape <laughs> juice. They'll be detoxing <laughs> drinking <laughs> vodka. <laughs> Drink <laughs> off the Subutex. Yeah. No, I'm saying let them let them use. Oh my God! <laughs> you fill the car with dope and you fucking no. take it. Oh no, my God! Bad. We wouldn't make call it out it, of Orange we'll call, County. We'll call, okay. we'll call it Last All Junkie right. Standing. All right, yeah. So that, yeah. Well, that would make the reality show good. No, what I'm saying. That's what I'm talking. I like where you're going. It took a dark turn, but I like it. You, you just took like you just gave six people hope, Mike. They think that's really going to be a rehab. No, yeah. but. But what I'm saying is you can't take them at 20 and 22 years old and force this morality bullshit that the people forcing it down their throats don't even live by it. You know what I mean? It's, it's you, could, just, you could do it in the bus where they detox and you do groups and stuff. Yeah, just place. take them somewhere and go have fun. But in the end, you know, I've had as much fun on tour sober as I did Loaded. I made as dumb a mistake. Yeah, like, well, that's the last stop on the junkie fucking road trip is the rehab. <laughs> No, now we'll have where RTC, is the part? We'll wait, wait, you see this. <laughs> Mike quit the band two times. Where is the part? That's the last stop. You pull into the rehab, no. and that's the end do, of the Do they get tour. to quit and fall in love with the stripper and just quit the band, quit the tour? If they want. I think, it, I, I think you need to fall in love with a stripper somewhere along the way. Mike yeah, because she'll, she'll be sober. Yes. Mike, we were playing two nights in Cincinnati, and Mike just comes back the second night, and he's just, he's just like, I think I could live here. I was like in in Cincinnati, Ohio, and he goes, "No, in Kentucky, just over the river." Oh, Jesus! <laughs> he did. He quit. He stayed. You were in that strip bar too. <laughs> okay, Bob. We all went to that strip bar. But I wasn't ready to move to Kentucky. Chuck's mom was dancing. I hope you. I hope you tipped her well. <laughs> She was good. Yeah, she was good. I, My I mom actually it. was a dancer in the go-go in the booth at the oh, whiskey like, a go-go. Oh, like when Doors and all them would play yeah. right there. Yeah, the go-go yeah, with the white go-go mm-hmm. boots and stuff. That is cool. Yeah. yeah. My mom was really got cool. around. So yeah. <laughs> My mom, my mom fucked everybody. Our mom's, fr- our <laughs> mom's friends. To, we don't need to go there. <laughs> my mom. So, so, so that was one of the harsh facts of being in Thelonious Monster. Was, was knowing my mom. Knowing your mom yeah. was like just out of control, <laughs> man. Mike like, knew she my would mom. come out on the road. <laughs> my mom. I don't want to say. It. We got to stop for a second. My mom <laughs> fucked one of the guys in in Fishbone. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a two thumbs up. Nancy was That's a rocker. Funny. She man. was a rocker. Yeah, she, she would come out. She, she would come out on us. the fucking road and get higher than us. <laughs> if you could that fucking imagine that, if you could My fucking mom. imagine that, I swear to God, that is fucking funny. And Bob would have to watch her. Yeah, I would. I would wow. be like, insane, dude. You know, it was insane. And she would get into these political conversations about everything. This is Bob's sister, mom. Yeah, my sister, mom. Wait, what do you mean, your sister? Oh, you don't, oh, yeah, you don't know. Sister. Oh, actually, I'm not asking that question. I should have had you watch the movie so that it, it would clear up a lot. So, so, anyways, then she becomes a religious person. Okay. And she was no fun. So, anymore. I just rewatched that the movie. Happens. Wait a minute, Bob. I just rewatched that. the movie, and it was funny because I didn't notice before that they introduced Nancy. They put underneath her name sister. Bob's sister. And then, and then it goes on and Bob's mother. And two seconds later, it, goes, it shows her again, and it goes, Bob's mother. <laughs> <laughs> Good one. I There's like also I, one where it says uh, under Frenchie, it goes 
fucking her- fucking, heroin fucking dealer. heroin dealer. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it's not just heroin dealer. It is just a fucking, fucking heroin, heroin dealer. Because that's totally. what Lee says. Yep. Yep. Here's Bob, and he's got his fucking heroin dealer out there. Cured did I feel, such I feel a like, great job on that movie, man. I feel like religion ruined so many things. Like like Violent Femmes, that first record was so amazing. Oh, then they became born again Christian and got all sober and just went yeah. downhill. It never, that first it never can work. Genius. Well, people, well, I've seen yeah, so blood. many incarnations of people's religion. You have too. Yeah. You know, like the I I went to Huntington Beach Marina High School, right? Because <clears throat> my sister lived down there, and for some reason that that, that was supposedly going <laughs> to be your sister the thing. or your mom. My mom's sister, sister. Okay. My sister, my sister, mom's sister. So either my aunt or my or sister, sister however you want to look at yeah, it, okay. sister aunt. But she was going to straighten me out, and I was going to graduate high school, so I went to Marina. And Golden West, because they had this program where you could go to high school and college to get the same credits in order to graduate, right? And so I, I was down in Huntington Beach, and that was the born-again Christian wave of 79, 78, 79, it was, 80. It was the whole, the whole Calvary Chapel thing and was it, jumping off. and the It was crazy. Christian rock. And, and I got into it, actually. I got into it. It's all right. Because some of the most beautiful girls I have ever seen in my life were into it. And you're praying with them, and it's almost sexual praying. <laughs> what? Yeah, that's. We would get at houses, and we're what? praying, and fun. it was it was like I I think I might have gotten too excited a couple. You times. definitely won't get any more Christian <laughs> dating sites now. Did you move down there when you were praying? Yeah, uh, I moved. I moved. I'm still I'm still lost. Uh, sorry, because I'm a little slow. I'm still lost about the. Is it the type of country thing where you're like, this is my sister and mother and there's one girl standing there? No, Bob. I'll condense it so we don't get the long version. But Bob grew up with his sister and then later found out that it was actually his mother. Wow. You're a cultured man. You've seen Chinatown. I have. Right? A long time so ago. So guess this. Before I realize that she's my mother, they tell me, she takes me to see that movie. I was sitting there with just wow. me and her. My sister, my mother, my sister. She must have been squirming in her seat, right? <laughs> she was wanting to see my reaction to wow. it. Wow. She, hmm. she was crazy. She was the greatest. But difficult to have as a mother. Yeah. Right. Great sister. <laughs> great, Not great such a sister. great mother. Great sister. But, but I really believe we need to like think about, like you guys do it, and that's probably why you like working there. They do more like live life. Warren's a live life guy. Yeah. I mean, you were probably a Warren client back in the day in yeah. Malibu, right? Yeah, before, yeah, yeah. I tried to of. tell him about Wavelengths Malibu. It was the craziest thing. It was a rehab, but it was, it was like no other rehab that had ever existed. You could live in one of the houses and not account to anyone. It was craziness. Oh, no, you Warren don't get paid was, for that. Warren was just trying yeah. to, to, he was trying to create a new way. I just wish we could go back to the impact model where you're like, you don't like it, leave. You know, because right. now it's like, well, you'd have no clients. <laughs> no, I know that's the problem. There's so much coddling now, and it means yeah. you're halfway. And- what we try to do at Aloe is is just not not make it about us and the rules. Like to just have our my philosophy is just be cool, right? Just be cool to the clients, and then in exchange for that that being cool, I think they'll be cool to, cool to you, right? In the beginning, we didn't have any rules at all, hmm. like. Go to bed when you want. Wake up when you want. Right? Yeah, that's kind of cool. It, it worked because I almost want to relapse just to go there. <laughs> you, it sounds. I like can't you, do that now. It only existed for about ten oh, months. Okay, I see. Right? 
but but it really did work because I started I you know I'm lazy I didn't want to drive out there in rush hour traffic the first group was at ten, right oh not gosh. eight, so I do the group at ten. We do it till lunch like and we go eat ten ish, <laughs> ten ten twenty. I know you all. <laughs> you know how I do it. Ish times are my favorite. And yeah, then we'd yeah. go. We'd eat. We either go out and eat or eat there. And then we'd have group afterwards. And they have one on ones and and then a group at night. That's and awesome. that's all you needed to do. And people would stay up till two o'clock in the morning and that's sleep awesome. till nine and do or stupid shit. We used to hang out. And, and well, what's wrong with that? There's nothing wrong. Right. There's nothing wrong with hanging out, smoking cigarettes, and telling stupid stories and bonding and stuff. And that's like half of what's missing. I we our our boss just pulled the phones from everybody wow. for three days, and and you know gets in front of the group and goes, none of you people know each other. You don't know mm-hmm. him, where he's from, where she's from, why they're here, how many rehabs they've been, and you don't know anything about these people. How about you guys talk to each other? And I'll hold on to your phones for three days. And what if you don't like it, and if you don't yeah. like it, you're welcome to leave. It's awesome. What was the reaction? There was 100% None. compliance. Yep. And he's wow. like, you can leave right now and walk out. Yeah. And he did. He did. And he, and he told me ahead of time, he goes, we might lose a few, but that's what you got to do sometimes. That's what rehab used to always be. Uh, you went to Exodus a lot, right? I'd go to Exodus. I would yeah. see like a punch th- card. three people that I used with all the time would be there, right? And so then we could finally be somewhere where there wasn't dope and money and whatever and phoniness. And it was cool. It was cool for like two weeks and you wanted to leave. But I mean, you had that community thing, right? Right. And sometimes... Uh, I mean, a couple of times I was just admitting and people were on their way out and they would stay an outpatient just so we could hang out and try to encourage yeah. me to stay and stuff. You know that community. Mm. That's what ke- gets people sober. That's what For inspires sure. people to be sober. Systems don't. Yeah. Advertisements on television don't. Yeah. Communities do. Yeah. And you're right in that social media is this fake version of community. Well, it's also hard if somebody's coming off, you know, and getting sober and they're coming off so much stuff and there's so much trauma to expect everybody to just be perfect and sit in their fucking seat the whole time, you know? Like, it's hard. No, and that's what I like about that. Wavelengths because only 45-minute groups. Like, <laughs> that's awesome. It's great as, a, as great as a counselor, too. It's great when you're running the group to not have a super long group. Yeah. But, you know, I know this isn't an advertisement for them, but we just, we, yeah. we hit on that. But that's something that happened, like, when, in, when I went in, the last time I went into treatment was the beginning of cell phones, but that was pre in 97. Not everybody had a cell phone. They were around yeah. from the, from the early nineties, but not everybody had them. They cost too much to run. And it, it was 20 cents a minute. It was easier to have a beeper. Anyhow, that way you could remember it was yeah. like yeah. minutes. If you were calling somebody, it was cheap. Yeah. It was 20 it, cents a minute, 10 cents a minute to be called. Yeah. I mean, it, it was ridiculous. It was cost prohibitive, you know, but but the idea, once those things showed up, it changed the face of rehab. And then now when you've got all this whole other world to delve into and pictures to take and all that shit going on, it's a huge distraction. Well, here's the thing that Christy and I were talking about today. Phones and technology and information live, get you living in the constant now. Now is hard to analyze. Yeah. Hard, we don't know the meaning of now. When people don't read anymore, when they don't have a... And the weirdest thing, me and Drew interviewed that actress, Bai Ling, last, yesterday. 
Like everybody thinks oh, yeah. she's crazy. She's one of the most well-read people. Her her mom was the the uh, contem contemporary literature at, at uh, Hong Kong University or whatever. She grew up with books. She read in Chinese, Flaubert and and Hemingway and all these things that used to be the fundamentals of education in America. Nobody's read them now. No, mm. nobody knows anything about people and the human yeah. condition and life they just know about now yeah. and now and now again and what happened 15 minutes ago and, and none of it means anything you know yeah. and i just think that it here's this here's an interesting thing so who's who are the most famous family in america right now uh, it's my family right no no it's the kardashian oh okay close second so then. So the whole phenomena of TMZ phenomena, I was around it when it first started, right? It was the strangest thing that, that all the people that were becoming famous by in that lower level weird way were making themselves famous. They were telling TMZ, I'll be at BOA mm -hmm. at 8 o'clock right. so that then they can act like they don't want to be photographed. These are Paris Hilton, you know, her sister, um, uh, uh, Lindsay Lohan and and Britney Spears. They had they they had personal assistants that would call TMZ and say, yeah, she's got an eight o'clock reservation, right at Boa. So guess who that personal assistant to Paris Hilton was? Kim Kardashian. Mm -hmm. Ah, she learned how. To she do was it. on the ground ah. floor of how it got yeah. invented, mm -hmm. and she knows that shit backwards and forwards better than any human being alive. Yeah. Right. And and they can build a billion dollar empire based on I'll be at Bo at eight o'clock and act like I don't want you to take my picture. There are really successful actors that live in Los Angeles. How come you never see them at those restaurants? Because if you don't want to be bugged, you don't go there. I always point out, how come you never see, say, Leonardo DiCaprio, Johnny Depp, name the most famous successful actors you never see them on there they're not at those restaurants they're not doing those things they're not going to that party on hollywood boulevard for Lil wayne well, you know because they, I mean? they have a classy brand their brand is like they don't have to be doing that stuff but, you know but, but they avoid that yeah. right when you have a brand that has value but when you got that weird fame brand and then i just swam in it with celebrity rehab for like seven years <laughs> it was the strangest <laughs> thing it was because i lived on Franklin and Cherokee by Musa and Frank. So I was always on Hollywood Boulevard for one reason or another. And those TMZ guys, they'll follow you, right? And like, what do you want to say to Dr. Drew? What's happening with Dr. Drew? And I would say, listen, Harvey, I hear you're an alcoholic. I would say it all the time looking into the camera. <laughs> Harvey, I hear you're an alcoholic. I know what's in that, that, <laughs> yeah, exactly. that thing that you're trying to act like is coffee. Yeah. Call me, brother. I can yeah. help you. I have the solution. Yeah. And they never put that <laughs> shit on there. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, <laughs> my, my my half brother was on your show. Yeah, Sean. Sean was, yeah. yeah, he's a, he's an interesting character. <laughs> yeah, we'll leave you, it at that. You see him a lot. <laughs> we'll you see him. I see him at holidays and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Kwanzaa. You know, so I've known him since he was sixteen. I don't know, I know. if you knew that because he was at he volunteered at MAP. Did you set that when up? Gar no, when Gary Richmond was working. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. He was yeah. there every day. Yeah, he decided he's not one of us. So. Oh well, Marta. So a know, lot of our friends. I know. <laughs> I know. I'm still waiting for so, that to like. <laughs> Nothing. No. Here's the thing. I do believe that in a certain way because I'll tell you an example. It was just his birthday too, by the way. His, his original AA birthday. Oh, really? Denny, Denny told me it'd be 22 yeah. or something. Yeah. Yeah. Holy moly. So get this. So a friend of ours that's five years sober 
life transformed, turned around, mm. calls me one day and he goes, I just want you to hear it from me. I don't want you to hear it from anybody else because I love you and I, I, I still, you know, you're so, because I help him get sober, yeah. right? And he goes, so I, I don't want you to hear it gossipy, but I'm smoking weed. Yeah. And I go, okay, doesn't bother me. You know, and I thought, what an honorable thing to do. Says he doesn't want me to hear it from somebody else. So I go into work the next day and I, with Dr. Drew at Los Encinas. And I go, I got the weirdest call last night from so-and-so. He says he's smoking weed. And he goes, oh, get a bed for him. Get a bed. Oh, how long do you think it'll be till he's back here? And I said, I don't know. I think that doing the honorable thing. And, and he also said, if I get into trouble and I go back to real drugs, I hope I can call you. And I said, for sure. Real drugs. Right? Yeah. yeah, pot yeah. is not a real drug. I'm sorry. <laughs> Sure, I smoke that stuff. I call nine one one. It freaks me out, man. I can shoot dope, but that's that an stuff, opiate addict. Yeah. That's an yeah, opiate addict. <laughs> when you're an so opiate true. addict, you no, can't smoke weed. I, it's so crazy, right? That's I, a, that's the truth. It is the truth. I have a nickname, Bobby Buckskin. Every time I'd smoke pot, I'd take my clothes off. I just and I just trip out. Please like don't I'm smoke on pot. Acid. <laughs> like is that why acid. he calls you Bucky? Yeah, Buckskin. Mike knows. Mike's seen me naked on a tour bus many a time. I can't breathe. I can't <laughs> breathe. <laughs> I, know. I think I can't breathe. I know. Breathe. That's the worst. <laughs> like I'm talking yeah. and I'm thinking I'm not breathing because yeah. I'd be worst. feeling my heart. And I'm like I'm not breathing. It's terrible. But I would say I'm not breathing. It's terrible. I'm not breathing. <laughs> I'm not breathing. <laughs> In or out. Because you're like holding your chest like yeah. i'm not breathing yeah and then pete would come over and put my hands out of my stomach and go you're breathing <laughs> thank god for pete <laughs> that's so funny it's so funny i would think i'm not breathing i would wonder why we don't fall down oh. like on the bus when it's driving down the road because it's going so fast why don't why how can we walk through here? Deep thinker. Deep, deep, Deepak Chopra type shit. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Why don't we fall down Fifth dimension. the bus if we're going 70? Bob, yeah. would be right? Bob would be standing up front with the driver going, slow down. Slow down. Slow, slow down. down. Because the guy, I would, here's, here's, here's the myth of rock and roll. The guy, Jason, I think his name was, the bass player from Metallica, he died on a tour bus that mm. all the rest of them lived in because he was in the cubicle sleeping, right? Mm. I would never sleep in those fucking things just because of that. Mm. I'd sleep on the front couch, on the back couch, or just stay up. But I'm not going in there just because one random thing I heard that you die if you're in one of those coffin things. Was that, wasn't that Cliff? Cliff, right. Cliff, Cliff Bernstein or whatever. What was his last name? I don't know. I just know. I respect but. Metallica, but I was never really. Into oh, it. they were so great yeah, when they first wasn't. came out. You're too young. You <laughs> you just, only know Inner Sandman, brother. Yeah, totally, dude. You should, like. Well, I saw Slayer when they first started, mm. and I was like, "Holy moly!" Wait, isn't isn't Metallica an Orange County band? Yeah, San Diego. Oh, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> are they be. from Redondo? Where are they from? No, you know, I know they used to play like with Leatherwolf and stuff at this place called Woodstock that was in uh, Buena Park next door. There was Radio City and Woodstock. There were two clubs next to each other, and Radio City was like all like punk and new wave, and, and Woodstock was like this. Oh, and you could was, go, was all you, hair metal. People. Did you go to both? No, you swung both ways. No, that back then it was opposite camps. No, no, I would go to both. Oh, it was opposite camp. So we didn't get along with them, and they didn't like I could sing to Come On, Eileen. And then I could go next door and rock out to Slayer. Yikes. 
So do you love working in treatment? How long? You were a sober companion at one time. Yeah, a long time ago. Yeah. I had times in between money, you know. Right, but that's yeah. that was good money back then. Oh yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's good money now. No, five hundred bucks a day. Oh, I heard. See, now. I know people are making two grand a day. Really? Mm, those are. Uh, look I, at Mike's like me. really. Oh, trust me, no, I, I, I know. What about Betty Wyman's crew? Yeah, but they, but, but there's five hundred dollar day jobs too, like watching yeah. somebody at a sober living. Yeah, that's simpler. No, because if you've got here's, I know what it is. If you've got kids. And you've got a family. You can't go wherever with somebody. Like Xander right now is in Japan with somebody. Mm -hmm. He's doing it. Yeah. And I was like, you know, if you got a family, you can't do that. So the day gigs in LA for Sober Companion are five hundred dollars a day. That's for the about, day. Oh, about what you make. Yeah, it's yeah, about yeah. what you make. Yeah. Like you're not sleeping with it just them. Just sounds like a shitty kick me job. It depends. Know? It depends what kind of client you get, though. If you get a really yeah. great one who wants to get sober, it's great. You right. Know? And then he wants to don't, you know. Well, they they do until they don't. <laughs> yeah, but who are compliant though, are trying to really do it. You know? Yeah, I was on tour one time, and the sober companion was in such a good mood. In the first couple months of the tour, everything was going good, and the guy's going to meetings and working out in the gym. And then all of a sudden, yeah. it took a left turn, and he comes to me and goes, "What should I do?" I go, "Dude, you're the one making fifteen hundred dollars a day all this time. Yeah. What should you do?" Yeah, I don't know. I would. Uh, I you would notify your supervisor. <laughs> no, I, I, I dig it, and I dig groups, and I, I, I just hate all the paperwork. Oh, yeah. You got to get somebody else to do it. You got to rise up. <laughs> That's what he always tells you me. Rise yeah, up. I'm already, I'm already, you got to rise she up, She doesn't brother. know it's coming yet, but... What, there's a bunch <laughs> of paperwork to go with the oh, sober yeah. companion? Well, no, no, not idea. the sober companion for counseling. Yeah, we, uh, we say paperwork. It's all on the computer, but it's a... It, it's. Bob has been telling me, man, you're doing it all wrong. No, you got to get, you well, get, you got to get into a position of management and then you don't have a caseload, yes. but then you can drop in and then the students document your group for you. That's what I do. I love it. I'm on the Bob plan. Dude, I fucking, I doc, Can you be I my mentor, Bob? Right. Yeah. I'll show you how to do it. I, <laughs> I, I, I still right. do. I Enough still, of this Orange County I, crap. I, Help I, me, Bob. Uh, <laughs> <I know>. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right, well, God bless. You, you have something to read us that's yeah. vital? Yeah, I'm just going to read you. Kobe knows what I'm pulling out. Uh, hold on. What are you going to read I'm just going to read, read you less than a paragraph to the opening of my book. Oh, my oh, God. Oh, excellent. You have a book? Are you pushing a book? No, I, I had a couple offers, and then I just I stopped because I hadn't got yeah, my life together. And so now we need to get you uh, a publisher. I'm down. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready, man. All right, it's called Bad Moon Rising. Twain says success is going from failure to failure with great enthusiasm. I had the first part of that down. Two failed marriages, two failed careers, 32 rehabs, five overdoses, three flat lines, two comas, left side of my body paralyzed, brain surgery, spleen surgery, staph infection in the heart, gangrene in the arms, shootouts from drug deals gone bad, and half a dozen arrests by the age of 22. Don't worry, there's more. It could have ended there, and I would have felt like I lived 80 years too long. This is not a poor me story. I love my parents. I love my life, and I really, really loved heroin. I was once told by a man, if God made anything better, he kept it for himself. Ironically, that guy died from heroin, and soon I would, too, for the first time. Wow. Wow. I told awesome, you, this man. guy's no bullshit. <laughs> He's All the right, real well, deal. Let's, 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 that's, a good, that's a good ending. There we go. Yay. <laughs> on a, on, light note, on a happy note. <laughs> well, hey, you know what? Thank you, thank you for coming out. Thank you for making the drive. Yeah, and, it's great. And it, it went, it. it went exactly. I'm glad you guys got a chance to talk, yeah, and I yeah. got to watch. Man, thank you, thank you. Long haul. 
Charlie. Good deal. It's a long haul. All right. And we'll get Ashley involved in Long Beach. I'm yes. down. Let's do it. Play the, Long play Beach. The Bob's music. my new mentor. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I can Chuck. teach you You're how out. to not document. <laughs> 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 Shortcuts. We'll yeah. see you on Junkie Fucking Road Trip. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> oh,